It is Tuesday, March 28th. I'm Scott Sedner. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Lamar wants out. And the MVP matchup that wasn't. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens drama. What else is new? What was supposed to be a battle of MVP candidates was not as Joel Embiid sits out against the Nuggets. And some weird stuff going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? A letter to my fans. I want to first thank you for all the love and support you. Scott, we've got to start the show. Quit talking to our listeners. This is Lamar Jackson's message to the fans on Twitter. (laughs) I thought this was to your fans. Quote, all of you are amazing. I mean, it could still be. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate y'all so much. I want you to all know to believe, to not to believe. So he's saying, do not believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. Oh, did he say AMA? I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, in regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not, probably have, the typos there, Lamar. It happens. He doesn't have Twitter blue, can't edit. Has not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that has met me or been around me know that I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. So, apparently... March 2nd. It is now March 28th. You said that at the beginning of the show. It is Tuesday, March. Yeah, this is the first time. Well, the 27th was yesterday. The first time that we were hearing about Lamar requesting a trade from the Ravens. Incredible job by their PR department just not letting this leak out. But this doesn't surprise me. I've been on record on this show, on the Dream Pod, everywhere that I talk to anybody about Lamar Jackson. I said the relationship was over. I mean, how many times, Mackenzie, you, you recall we brought up him not being there in the playoffs, not even not even just being at the game? He, yeah. he does not want to be there. He does not want to be a Raven. The franchise tag move was a move, calcul- a smart move by the Ravens to ensure that they at least get compensation for him, which is going to be the two first-round picks that you get if a team signs him. And they made that designation six days after this supposed request. Yes, But this is the interesting point now. Lamar is requesting a trade. And he is making it public that he wants a trade. What this shows me is that Lamar is not getting offers in the open market. Oh, I he's not getting the kind of offers he was hoping he would get. Well, the listen, the offer has to be better than the franchise number. The offer has to be something that that's true. You're right. That right. That, that 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 the that the Ravens have to match, right? 
the Ravens have the right to match a number or the Ravens let him go and get the two picks as compensation. But if Lamar now doesn't have any offers out there, there's no team that's going to give him the dollar amount that he wants. And there's no team that's going to be willing to not only give him the dollar amount, but to also lose the two first round picks. Well, then here's Lamar's other option. I will sign my franchise tender, but you will trade me. And then I will play for a new team under the franchise designation while working out a potential new deal with that new team. That's his other, that's his only other option right now. And that's what he's doing. Because if you're Lamar Jackson and you don't want to play for the Baltimore Ravens, which you clearly don't, you're upset that they franchise tagged you, you turn down their contract yeah. offer. You have the freedom now to go out to every team in the league and say, I will play for you how much you're going to pay me. And then go back to the Ravens and see if they'll match it. But if no team is offering you the money, well, now you're pushed to this last resort. Because if a team was offering you the money, you don't use the word trade request, right? You just say, hey, there's a team out there that is interested in signing me, but the Ravens uh, are reluctant to match or the Ravens, I don't know, anything, whatever. Talk some smack about how you think there's collusion and the Ravens are trying to keep your value down so that they don't have to pay you a long-term deal with the money that you want. But to say trade request, man, that shows me that nobody is interested in signing him to a long-term deal. It's interesting, though, because like McKenzie noted, this happened before the tag was on him. Like, according to him— mm -hmm. He wanted to be traded before they announced the franchise tag. Also could be calculated. And before you... It also could just be a lie. Before, like, well, well, they would have denied it, I'm pretty sure. I think it's remarkable that it's coming out now. I think it's saying, yes, I wanted to be gone this whole time. I thought, like Kevin Durant, it could be done in Shadow of Darkness and no one would have to be embarrassed, but it's not happening. Let me put your feet to the fire. Let me make it embarrassing for you that I'm on your team. I don't want to be. Before you say no to anything, oh, it's not calculated, it's not calculated. Lamar released this information right as oh, yeah, John Harbaugh was sitting down for yeah. his press conference. This was as calculated a move, releasing that tweet in the news, as, as there's no, it's just the most calculated thing I've ever seen. And so I think there could be other things that could be calculated, like putting that specific date on it and saying, well, before they franchise tagged me, I wanted out. No, 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 no. Here's the only thing that we know is true. Lamar's not playing for the Ravens this year. You're, oh, you're sure of that? I'm really? sure of it. I think it's more likely than not that he does. I, yeah, I, I kind of side on that. Seemed, Harbaugh seemed very confident. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. I can't wait to see him on grass again. You know, it seemed confident to me. Like, well, think about this. Field turf, so, no, no, <laughs> think about this. <laughs> no idea what he's talking I, about. I think it's grass and I don't even know. He's but he's, he's – Lamar also could just not play. Wouldn't shock me. And and ha there's not many people that are bringing this up. But Lamar could sit out. You know who did that? Le'Veon Bell. Deshaun Watson, more recently. Mm, true. Mm -hmm. Didn't work out great for Deshaun Watson. Actually, it We're really didn't work his... out great for Le'Veon Bell. It actually really did work out great for, for his oh, agent. Okay. Yeah, for, for his, his anchor. <laughs> but now, yeah, but you're right. Now you've got an example of how this looks once yeah. you pay this guy whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't look good for Lamar going forward after that. Like... I I don't know that a guy like Lamar, who's got a, what I would say is, 
if you say the average quarterback shelf life in the league, like a, a great NFL quarterback career lasts, what, 13 years? Let's just say, like, that's a, that's Optimistic. a good number, right? Yeah. I think everyone would agree whatever you get out of Lamar is likely to be shorter than that. Sure. Cutting years out of his prime is, is not ideal in any way in mm-hmm. my mind. So I don't know that he can afford physically to just say, you know what, I'm not going to play football this year. Because what but what does that do? Maybe it's not. What maybe, if the Ravens play hardball? Maybe it's not the full year. He has, what, six weeks before he has to sign the, the, the tender? Or ten weeks? Is it week ten, I think, before he has to sign that tender? So he can sit out for the first half of the season, and then maybe there's a team out there that loses a quarterback. And is willing to now trade for Lamar Jackson. Isn't this Lamar you, Jackson then, trying to make then, up all the money that he see, he feels like he should have gotten already? Like getting a, a quarter of a year salary. I, I don't think the the money is out there. I don't think that there's. If there was a team, they would have already made him the offer, and then, or maybe teams are waiting until after the draft. Maybe I mean, that's the. What other if a thing. team like the Colts say, "I want to pay you forty five million a year." I don't want to give up two first-round picks before I do it. Well, then let's, you work out a trade. Exactly, let's negotiate. And this then is Lamar they, saying, yes. let's get that deals going. You know, obviously we're not moving anywhere where we currently are, but if my trade demand is 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 known, maybe the Colts are a little more motivated. Well, that's how it works out then. Because then the Colts, then the, he tells the Ravens, Colts want to work out a deal. They just don't want to sign me and give you two first-round picks. And, and here's... Chris Bauer, hop on the phone and, and and see what you guys can work out. And for the Colts, if it's less, if it's anything less than two first round picks, it's a win. Yeah. And we've seen this. Uh, Frank Clark was traded, didn't sign his tag, ended up being a first and a second, so slightly less return mm-hmm. for that kind of deal. So Lamar could get less than two first round picks. I, I'll then, be honest. Then he'll be on a new team. If you'd asked me about this situation two months ago. I was like, the Ravens are jerking Lamar around. Like, they should have already paid this guy. The record when he's on the field versus when he's not on the field, it's like, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. But then, like, the reports come out about him being offered, like, we're going to make you the highest paid quarterback in the league with the second most guaranteed in history. Not good enough. And he's like, nah, they're not giving me what I'm worth. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're not Patrick Mahomes. You're not a. Uh, you don't have a couple Super Bowl rings. Like you, you don't. You don't have this history of always being on the field. It's a really fair offer. What they're like, th- the fact that they would be offering him more than Kyler Murray, for example. Like Lamar Jackson deserves more than Kyler Murray, but to say that Lamar Jackson should be the highest paid, most guaranteed money. I don't know that I get there with that, especially given his health track record. Uh, and also the fact that the one guy who's got his contract fully guaranteed already feels like a massive mistake. Yeah. And I, I, I'm i okay with the Ravens saying we're not following that precedent. We're not making that the new normal because it's not normal. And it's not, it's not smart because I don't think anybody believes it's smart. I, don't, I think if you really put the Browns' feet to the fire and said, hey, would you do this again? There's no friggin' way they would do it again. And it's been one year. They already see, like, oh, the, the likelihood that we're going to get $230 million worth out of this is very, very slim. So I understand the Ravens' viewpoint now a little bit better than I did, and I feel a little less sorry for Lamar now than I did knowing what he's been offered, if that's true. And, of course, just like I said, Lamar could be lying about the trade request, 
the reports could be wrong about what Lamar was actually yeah. offered. There's no way to really know that. He said it was 130 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. After said mm-hmm. count injury guarantees, it was really more like 200. A lot of gray area there. Yeah, and boy, Lamar Jackson pretending like injury guarantees aren't <laughs> a thing. It's just not right. Like you have to take that into account. Um, I, I it's. This this saga is fascinating. I will say this. It sounds like the Ravens certainly want Lamar Jackson there. Well, then you um, have a better option. Well, certainly not. But the, the, the other side of that coin is, is there anyone offering more to Lamar Jackson than the Ravens offered? No, oh, and no. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so. there is. Oh. So if, if Lamar doesn't have a better option and the Ravens don't have a better option, then what the hell are we doing? Like, why? How come nobody can see this? Some relationships just can't be repaired, and and we might be at the point of no return here between Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, another quarterback that we are waiting on news for is Aaron Rodgers. He is still not a member of the New York Jets, but if you ask Jets head coach Robert Sala, if as long as you don't mention a name, he's fine. Thinks no panic button needs to be hit, and he's content. And Over which quarterback is he fine? A uh, quarterback. He that, he, that, he, it's pretty. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback. That's, that's it. Well, yeah. somebody's going to be their quarterback. I can't say his name. <laughs> but no. it's, it rhymes with Baron Dodgers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and, and Jets general manager Joe Douglas said he was asked about Lamar Jackson. He was like, no, that's just, it's it's not. Not happening. I think the Colts are the team. Like, if if there's a team out there, it's the Colts for Lamar yeah. Jackson. So this was the uh, this was the quote from um, from uh, Joe Douglas, who's the Jets' general manager, when he was asked uh, questions about Lamar Jackson. He's like, um, you know, they have no plans. They they are committed to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> committed to a guy that's not even on the team. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's quote. First of all, Lamar Jackson is a fantastic player, but where we stand is it would be disingenuous and negotiating in bad faith if we went down that path. We have our plan, we have our process, and we're sticking to that. We're never going to operate in bad faith. Meaning like they're not going to... Which means we're not going to have a backup plan? Is that bad faith? (laughs) Well, they're not going to talk to Lamar because they without any intention of signing him or trading for him. And that's what they're saying. They have no uh intentions of signing him. So they're not going to talk to him. Well, good for Joe Douglas. Uh, good for Joe Douglas. However, it like maybe Aaron Rodgers who apparently has talked to the Jets organization mm-hmm. should have a word with the organization that has him under contract right now because apparently he's failed to do so. And again, this is a, a he said he said deal, but Brian Gutekunst, the uh, the GM for the Packers, said that he's tried many times to reach out to Aaron Rodgers unsuccessfully, <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee and says, "Packers just they they weren't direct with me. They didn't they didn't tell me exactly what their plan was, and uh, they just they, they just well that's a relationship that's over. We they know that given, as a they fact. haven't given me their full intentions. Yeah. So here, here and Gutekunst like. I want to. Yeah. I want to talk about this. He was in the darkness. He was, like, calling out spiritually, and he just didn't hear any of those Exactly. Vibes Maybe back. that's what vibes. it was. So here's the quotes from Robert Sala when asked about uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and what the situation is, if there's any rush. He goes, quote, I am not hitting the panic button. I'm confident that things are going to work out. You guys know me. I'm a very positive person and optimistic, so I'm confident that things will go the way we're hoping, but at the same time, it's not going to eat me. End quote. Uh... 
I, I think that I don't know what's the holdup on this deal because I've said the holdup could probably be the 13th overall pick, which the Jets do not want to give up. But now we're hearing reports from the Packers side that they, they they'll do a deal without the 13th overall pick. So if the Packers are willing to do a deal without the 13th pick, there should be a deal done. The question would be, and this isn't, I mean, all we've heard is Jets, Aaron Rodgers wants to play for the Jets. If I'm the Packers, and that's great news for me, if I really do want to trade Aaron Rodgers, if there's a trade partner out there, there there could also be another trade partner out there. The, the Washington Commandos could say, we'll give you a better package for Aaron Rodgers. And now, if you're the Packers, you're I hate to go back to this word, you're operating in bad faith yeah. if you don't take the best deal for a player who is wanting to be traded. Mm-hmm. So, does that, I guess the question becomes, does that put the onus on Aaron Rodgers to accept that, okay, if you want to be traded, you might be traded to Washington? Or does it put it on the Jets to say, hey, if you want Aaron Rodgers, here's where the bar has been set by another franchise. Aaron would prefer to play for you. This is what you've got to beat. Because the last thing it should be for the Packers is we're going to take a worse deal to make the leaving quarterback happy. If I'm the Packers, I, there's no way I can settle on that decision. But here's where the Packers have to understand Aaron Rodgers will be 40 years old this year. Mm-hmm. Why would a team give up? A, a ton of future assets for a guy who's probably only going to be there for a year, maybe two. Rodgers does have two years left on his three-year deal. The payout is more than $59 million this year. That's what the Packers should be thinking about, not trying to get as many draft picks as they can from the Jets. They should be thinking about, we are saving $59 million, and we're going to get a couple of draft picks? I got news. Okay. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers— he doesn't get $59 million. Like that, It's not baseball where you can just say, I'm, yeah, not, I'm, so, I'm uh, hurt, I'm not playing, and then get the money anyway. Like, Yeah, so I'm saying, well, oh, so you're saying that Rodgers is just not going to play at all this year? I, he might not. Like, what's and, and if there's anybody I could imagine saying, you know, my happiness is more important than money, it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has a pile of money. He doesn't, like, would he prefer to play football again? Sure. But would he prefer playing football for the Packers to not playing football? I don't think so. I think he'd rather not play football. Well, he did it last year. Yeah. There were questions about his motivation, and he said, you know what? Three years, 150 mil? Yeah, I'll play for the Packers. Yeah. And And then he made another big scene. And and he had a crappy season. Yeah. And he said he was 90% retiring. Then he came out of the retreat. So was less than 90% retired. What's to stop stop him from just saying, if the Packers don't want to deal him, all right, I'll just come back and – you know, half-ass it through another season, cash my 59 mil. Yeah, guess what? The Packers will sell out their stadium. They're, I mean, yeah. they, 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 the, fan, the fans will buy jerseys. They'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, then I at mean, the end of the year, when or, or midway through the year, when Rodgers is sitting there and the team is like six and six and seven, and he's like, well, if we win our final four games, we can make the playoffs. Then he'll play his ass off, and they'll win the final four they games. They probably will. Yeah. But this is the thing about it. When you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, this would be like the Lakers – when it like late in Kobe Bryant's era, the Lakers weren't going to trade Kobe Bryant. Like, Lake, the name Kobe Bryant added more value to For the sure. Lakers 
than Kobe Bryant added to the Lakers. Yeah. So instead, the name of so, Aaron so Rodgers. In, yeah. So instead, the Lakers went out and brought in Pau Gasol and made Kobe happy. I don't see the Packers going out and signing Odell Beckham Jr. I don't see the Packers going out and re-signing but, Alan Lazard. No, but I don't my see point the Packers is doing things to make Aaron Rodgers happy. But my point is, whether Kobe was happy or not, they accepted that they were going to get less on-court return from Kobe than what they were paying for because having Kobe on the Lakers was so valuable. I could certainly see the Packers saying, having Aaron Rodgers on the Packers, even if he goes 6-11, and 11, is more valuable than not having Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a great analogy. One key difference is, and Bill Simmons has talked about this, the fact that they paid him everything that he wanted was a really great deal for the Lakers because LeBron was like, man, the Lakers take care of their guys. AD was like, Kobe, Kobe was taken care of. The Packers aren't going to come out of this saying, oh, they take care of their guys. Aaron Rodgers loves the Packers now. You know, they've already kind of burnt that bridge. But, you're, but you're right in a way, but also, who else was paying Aaron Rodgers that kind of money? Like, yeah. a year, like sure. Aaron sure. Rodgers is being well taken care of, quote fingers, taken care of yeah. for an aging player. He's making pretty good like coin. Like $10 million more than anybody else in the league. Yeah, so it's hard to say that, like, that he's worth that money at this point. Yeah. But he's getting it from the Packers. So you're saying they already signed the Kobe deal. And they're just like, come, That's come on, what go, I'm thinking. Go score 16 in your last game and come on. That's what it feels like to me. But, again, I, I do think the Packers are in a spot where if we can get fair value for him, we will trade him. If we're going to have to take the short end of a stick, what's the point? And, honestly, that's exactly what the Texans did with Deshaun Watson. And I was like, why, why aren't the Texans moving on from Deshaun Watson? Because the Texans knew if they stuck it out, Three first round picks. They were going to get some ridiculous, mm-hmm. like you know, ridiculous offer that finally was like, okay, well, there you go. And now you lose your franchise quarterback, but your fan base goes, you know what? We came out all right. Like if Aaron Rodgers leaves and what you get back is a second round pick, and you're a Packers fan, you're like you're wanting to die in a, a, a snowdrift or something. <laughs> like it's just a miserable. Like it, it can't feel good. Do you think there's any chance Aaron Rodgers not suiting up for the Jets Week One? What is like ten percent, twenty percent? I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's higher now than it was two weeks ago. Yeah, it seems like that, right? I mean, you're a Jets fan. Do you feel more confident now than you did two weeks ago? I, I think he, I think it's still seventy percent. He's a Jet okay. week one. I think that's a good number, but I, it felt like two weeks ago. It felt like ninety percent. Yeah, like my, I felt like it was after, almost a lot. Mike Greenberg said it was one of the top five moments in his life. Yeah, you so, don't say that if you're not hundred percent. So, yeah, two weeks ago, he's on Pat McAfee. When he says that, it's ninety eight percent. Yeah. But it's not 98% yeah. today, right? No, maybe closer to 75. Okay. I still think it's 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 a plus EV bet to make <laughs> okay. that Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the Jets. Uh, and I still think, and I keep going back to this, the Jets are in a spot where if this doesn't work, the Jets have a playoff caliber roster with no option at quarterback. Mm-hmm. It like, And that's like, that's the worst place to be. But the draft's coming up. April twenty. Let me tell you something. You're not getting anyone with the thirteenth pick. That's <laughs> but, going. But to put maybe you... they could work their way. I don't know. What the Jets work their way up a little bit. Maybe there's an Anthony Richardson in their future. Uh, again, <laughs> a- Anthony Richardson today <laughs> yeah. isn't a Super Bowl winning quarterback. No, no. Like that's a guy who t- he's going to need grooming. Yeah. And I, it's just the, everybody's in kind of a bad position here because, and I guess the Packers in their minds think, well, we've got Jordan Love. I'm like apparently I'm the only person in the world who isn't convinced that like Jordan Love's just suddenly like he's he's going to be great at football having not played for four years. Would you rather have Jordan Love or Trey Lance? 
I'd rather have Jordan Love right now based on the the health. Like I okay. like I don't know the health situation of Trey Lance, but I mean Trey Lance is younger. He's got more physical upside. I, I don't know. That's a tough call. But I, I'll tell you this, and I guess the 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 49ers are in a different situation than the Jets because the 49ers the the rest of their roster is so elite mm-hmm. that if Trey Lance is like a league average quarterback the 49ers are a contender if Jordan Love is a if he's the 16th best quarterback in the league Packers aren't in the playoffs mm-hmm. like they're not a playoff caliber roster they need elite quarterback play i don't think Jordan Love can give them that so everybody's in a weird spot the Packers are in a weird spot because if if it's not Aaron Rodgers they're probably not all that great off. The Jets are in a weird spot because if it's not Aaron Rodgers, they're definitely not that great off. So I think it's in everyone's best interest to get this deal done. I, I, I'm with you. I don't know what the holdup is, but if, if it's really the 13th pick, the 13th pick, mm-hmm. if you're the Jets, like if you think you can, if you think you've got a Super Bowl in you in the next two years, if the, thir- the 13th if pick, Aaron, go ahead. If Aaron Rodgers is not worth, if Aaron, if 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 your holdup from getting Aaron Rodgers is the third best offensive lineman in this draft, that's what I'm saying. Then 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 like then you should probably you know give uh, up the 13th. Pick. Let me look back. I, literally, I, who are the Jets getting at 13? Honestly, the third best offensive the third lineman. best offensive lineman in this draft, right? If you look at every NFL mock draft out there, I'm pretty sure the Jets are taking a lineman, but maybe is there an edge rusher out there at 13 that they can get? I don't know. Let's see. Here's uh let's go 13th overall pick. I'm just looking at one random. Oh, look, here's a uh, coincidence. Broderick Jones, Georgia offensive tackle, <laughs> taking the 13th overall pick. I mean, yes. like, oh, oh, here's another mock draft that has the Jets taking Peter Skoronsky, offensive tackle from Northwestern. Like <laughs> these are the type of players yeah, and, that the and Jets are probably gonna get. Maybe not bad if you're in a long-term rebuild, but you think they're gonna win the Super Bowl. That's the problem. And their odds, the Jets are the sixth favorite 13 to 1 wow. to win the Super Bowl. That is something. 13 to 1, yep. Now, I will say you go back and you look at the last couple seasons, what happened with the 13th overall pick? You go back to 2021. Giannis? No. Uh, <laughs> Rashawn Slater was the 13th pick. He's an above average offensive tackle. The okay. Jets could use that. Sure. You go back the year before that. Tristan Wirfs, above average offensive, yep. above yeah. average offensive tackle. So maybe you thinking you get one of those guys, but again, if you don't have a quarterback, mm-hmm. does it matter if you have those guys? Like, is Rashawn Slater like? Is he a great tool if you don't have Justin Herbert? Like, you know, is so is the third? If is this offensive line, this magical Jets offensive lineman, how valuable is he if he's protecting Zach Wilson? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. It, like, what's the point? Yeah. The so top three offensive tackles in the draft: Paris Johnson from Ohio State, Peter Skaronski from Northwestern, and Broderick Jones from Georgia. The Jets will take one of those players. You can win a Super Bowl with mediocre offensive line play. You cannot win a Super Bowl with awful quarterback play. Agreed. And that's what I mean. The the Jets saw it last year firsthand. Mm-hmm. That's a really good roster with a really really bad quarterback situation. If all that's holding you back is the 13th pick, then you're being you're being stubborn. Like it's just you've got to realize, and are, like it's not like you're guaranteeing a Super Bowl in the next two years, but you're in a better chance to you, get you, one. You give yourself a puncher's mm-hmm. chance, and without Aaron Rodgers, if you look over and you see Zach Wilson smiling, like headband, ready to put his helmet on, like waiting for the coach to say, 
Shit, Wilson, you're in. Like, if that's what you're doing. Solid did say today that Zach Wilson has not yet hit his peak, so there's room to grow. Zach Wilson has not yet hit puberty. <laughs> like, of course he hasn't hit his peak. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. He's going to have hairy armpits one of these years. You'll see. Last time Jets played football, they allowed 11 points, and they lost because they scored six points. Yeah. So, not very good offense. Not, not ideal. Not ideal. So the Jets are the sixth favorite at 13-1. to 1. The 49ers are the second favorite at plus 750. I mentioned Trey Lance's name. Uh, the 49ers actually, maybe this is good news, McKenzie, uh, because they came out and said that Trey Lance, yep. Sam Darnold, and Brock Purdy will all compete for the starting job for week one of the season. Is that to be taken as Brock Purdy will be healthy enough to yeah. play week one of the regular season. And Lynch went further. John Lynch went further, the GM of the 49ers. He said he's a leader in the clubhouse, and he both meant that as in he's the leader most, well, I, uh, most likely, but I he's agree. also a leader yeah. in the locker room, and he said he's earned the right to be the starter. I don't think he says that if there's some question about if he's going to be ready. I think he's going to be ready. Well, one. I feel like Brock Purdy in half a season has won more games than the full careers of Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So yeah. I, he should be the leader in the clubhouse. No, I've know. always said that Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback, but the question is his health. Like, is he going to be ready? And by saying that there's going to be a competition for week one, then I guess you're saying that he is going to be ready. So, Or else yeah. you would be like, well, Trey and Sam would be in, are going to be in a competition until Brock is ready to come back. I mean, the, yeah. the start of the season is a long way from now. Yes, I think you, you say that and, and you're optimistic. And if some like it's not like someone's gonna say, Hey, John Lynch, I thought you said that Brock Purdy was gonna be here. <laughs> John Lynch's like, listen, I'm not a doctor. This is my bet my best guess was he was gonna be ready to go. So I think you're trying to like present optimistically and say, Hey, we're hoping that all three of these guys get in here and compete and, and one of these three guys blows us away, wins the job, and is our starting quarterback. Yep. The uh, one other football I do, news. I do think it's funny that the 49ers and the Jets, mm -hmm. two and six in the odds. Without a quarterback. And neither one of them have it. They've both got just giant question yeah. marks at quarterback. Yep. The rest of them are, it's like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> how do these two fit in? Not and I get, you at least get it with the 49ers because their track record has been, mm -hmm. we're, we're showing up. Like, it, when it, come late season, we're going to be in the playoffs. Nobody's going to want to play us. The, the Jets thing is fascinating to me because – this line, like, how much do you think the line moves, honestly, if the Jets sign Aaron Rodgers tomorrow? I like, don't think it moves at all. Yeah, I think it, it already moves. Like, this is already budge. saying this is the, Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. So, McKenzie did a great job putting the, the lines here. So, the Jets were the open 40 to 1. <laughs> then it was 29 to 1. It was 20 to 1 prior to Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. And that was really when it started heating up. You started yes. hearing his talk. So, for that, for between. The, the Super Bowl and the Pat McAfee interview, there was already speculation about Rodgers to the Jets. So the 29 moved down to 20 to 1. I understand that. Rodgers says, my plan is to play for the Jets. Line moves from 20 to 1 to 13 to 1. There's no reason for it. To, but you know what? There's going to be dumbos out there, like Fez says, that are waiting until it's official. And then once it's official, they'll buy in on the Jets at 13 to 1. And then the number will go down to like 11 or 10. And then the people with 13 to 1, Fez will be like, you should have got it at 20 to 1. You should have got it at 29 to 1. I'm but curious <laughs> to see how, like, if, if we come here on. A week from today, the next Tuesday, or, or maybe even next Monday, and we look at the Ravens mm. and, and see how their line adjusts mm. because I think there is a growing sense of pessimism that, like, oh, I texted somebody today as soon as the as soon as I read the Lamar tweet. I I I, I said 
under Ravens win total. Okay. Bet it now. And I think it was eight and a half. And let me go on DraftKings see if it's still available because they were the ones they posted their win totals. So let's see. Regular season wins are the Ravens still even up. Yep, eight and a half. Over minus 125, under plus 105. Bang the under. Do they have division odds? Because it feels like just betting the Bengals feels like a really plus one ten, a really easy way to get at this now. Because that's been driven. That was plus one fifty. Yeah. So if I mean, because if it's the Ravens, it's like oh, Lamar shows up, plays a full healthy season. I don't. I honestly, I don't know who's better between the Bengals and the Ravens. I got one for you. The third worst team according to the odds. The Indianapolis Colts are one hundred and fifty to one. What is that? Forty to one with Lamar Jackson. Fifty to one. Honestly, and I've talked about this bet several times. My losing bet that I'm very proud of when I bet the Cavs to win the NBA title. They don't even have any Hall of Famers on their team. I knew, they, I knew they were getting LeBron. Huh? Colts right now, over six and a half wins is minus 140. I, it's going to be eight and a half with Lamar Jackson, you would think. I, I, yeah. Yeah, it should be in that division. Like, I mean, and I think what are the Colts to win that division? I would fire off on Colts at eight and a half. I mean, Colts at six and a half. I would fire off on what's the Falcons number at? Like any team that's. Uh, possibly Falcons seven and a half. I'd fire the over any team that's in the Lamar Jackson discussion. I would fire on their win total over now. Plus six twenty five Colts to win the AFC South. I'll say this: like when you look at it's the plus Titan- five hundred now. Oh really? Yep. What are the Titans? Three fifty. Yeah, boy, that's. It certainly feels like if there's a landing spot. The other, the other team that I've thought about for him is the Commanders, and for, for Jackson, yeah, and I and I don't know that I could see the Ravens okaying a trade across town, literally. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be, it's one thing to trade like it, it almost be. What's worse, trading Lamar to the Steelers or trading Lamar to the Commanders? Trading Lamar to the Steelers. Okay, but the next worst is the is the the Commanders, right? No, the next worst would be the Browns. No, then you'd get Sean Watson back at least. <laughs> well, no, but it would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of animosity there. So I, I would say, yeah. Then trading in, in this, in the uh, metropolitan area, not a good to look. the Commanders. Hey, Lamar would be happy. He gets to keep his home. I'm sure he would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to mention the Giants here, who are five to one to win their division. They're negotiating with Saquon Barkley for a long-term deal. Why? And John Mara, team owner, said uh, at the league annual meetings, quote, I told Saquon we want him to be a giant for his entire career. That might be like another year and a half. <laughs> it like, could be. Um, I, I, I never understand these guys. Now, they did like, franchise him. Yeah, yeah, so you're good. But make him do it another year. And then if you want to pay him for three or four years after that, mm-hmm. go ahead. But, like, make sure he can get through back-to-back years where he, his head doesn't fall off. They have until July 15th to sign him to a long-term deal. I don't know if they do, but it's nice they're saying the nice things for him. I mean, I'll be honest, and I'm not a a Giant fan, but if I were, I'd be like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, he's he's here for next year. Let's see what he does. And then if you got to pay him then, okay, kick the can down the road. This is the thing, though. The market, there's no market for running backs right now because – Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard also got franchise tagged. There's no long-term deal for those guys. Then why give one out? Then you shouldn't. 
There's no market. <laughs> Unless he's worried about the fact that the running back market is taking a nosedive and he takes a good deal because of it. I mean, don't you think, like, we're always saying franchise, 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 push it, push it back. But they could have signed both of these guys last year, the Giants, to long-term deals and saved tens of millions of dollars. Absolutely. And they pushed well, it off. But there were giant question marks about no those no guys. Doubt. I get the question. One of them can't stay healthy. One of them wasn't good at football. And I was like, why would we pay these guys long-term money? I'm saying because if they're willing to take a discount, then there's got to be some middle, middle area where he's, he's protected for four years, and he's also not taking $10 million a year like yeah. Ezekiel Elliott was. Well, the Giants said, uh, uh, quote, from Joe Shane, their uh, general manager, quote, we are where we are with him on the franchise tag, we're fine with that. Yeah, exactly. They have all the leverage. <laughs> of course they're fine with yeah, it. Yeah, we're in a good spot. 10 mil is just perfectly fine for a guy that, you know, is top five running back in the NFL, right? So uh, I don't know if they do sign him to a long-term deal. I probably wouldn't because, you know, running backs don't matter, right? Well, especially the, especially the ones that can't get on the field. Yeah. What was supposed to be a battle of the MVP candidates in the NBA last night was not. As we found out with plenty of time, it's not like it came down right before the game. We found out early in the day that Joel Embiid was not going to play for the Sixers against the Nuggets. You know who I feel bad for? Who's that? RJ. <laughs> he, like, carefully crafted this this bet that he was going to put out there. Mm-hmm. And then Joel Embiid was like, nah, not today. I'm not, I'm not going. Well, half of it came in. He went uh, Jokic under. I'm not sure if he still would have liked that without Embiid there. But uh, he did go under. So he in a, okay, in a right. triple-double, 25 <laughs> points, 17 boards, and yeah. 12 assists as the Nuggets beat the Sixers 116-111. I think that the MVP race is very interesting now, McKenzie, because with Embiid not playing in this game, there was movement in the odds. What was the movement prior to the announcement and then once we found out he wasn't playing? Yeah, I woke up this morning, looked at five different books. Embiid was a solid minus 150 favorite, pretty much where he has been for a few weeks. And then he's announced out. And my thinking was, that's a pretty safe bet. If I really want to win the MVP, worst thing that can happen is I'm a five-point dog. I get blown out in Denver by Jokic. So I'm thinking maybe that's a smart decision. However, Kendrick Perkins said, I don't like that he's ducking. Other guys, I don't really like that he's ducking. And then you look at the MVP odds mid-afternoon before the game is played mm-hmm. from minus 150 to plus 110. Jokic is right there at plus 120. A couple books took it down, but that's the consensus. So they were saying this matters. The fact that he didn't play this game affected the odds. By the way, after the game was played this morning, same odds. Embiid plus 105, Jokic plus 120. It's a coin flip. I've never seen an MVP race a coin flip this late in the season. Well, I think it might not be as much about the narrative that people don't like him sitting out and they think that he's, you know, ducking the matchup with Jokic. I think it could be about the Sixers wanting to shut him down for the remainder of the season. And Doc Rivers fell on the sword, said I saw him in practice or in warm-ups and I wasn't going to let him play. It was my decision. I wasn't a debate. So he definitely stuck his neck out there saying, I want to win a championship, not win, not have my player win a regular season award. And that's the thing. If you look at what the Sixers have remaining. There's eight games left or seven games left for them in the regular season. They are two games back of Milwaukee for the, oh no, they're five games back of Milwaukee for the one seed. They're three games back of the Celtics for the division, which doesn't mean anything. It's just about getting the two seed versus the three seed. And they're a game and a half up on Cleveland for the four seed. But 
the bottom line is they're guaranteed to be a top four seed because they're, what are they, six, six and a half games up on the Knicks yep. who are the five seed. There's seven games left. So they're not going to fall to the, the, the five. So they're going to have home court advantage in the first round series. It's more important, as you just said, for the Sixers to have a healthy Embiid in the playoffs than to have Embiid win this award. And I think that they really had to talk with him and say, we don't think you should play. And I think people out there are recognizing, wait a minute, if he doesn't play the, the final seven games of the year. It's the 10th of the season. And Jokic puts up a triple-double yeah. like he just did last night for their remaining, how many did the Nuggets have left? Den- Denver's got seven games. So they, they have seven games as well? Okay. And if he puts up a triple-double in their final seven yeah. games or gets close to averaging a triple-double for their final seven games, that's probably enough to push him over the top. And the Nuggets have won four straight. The Sixers have lost three straight. If the Nuggets end like 10-2 and two, and the Sixers are 3-8, and eight, That'll leave a taste in their mouth. That'll be a big difference in, in voters' minds, I think. Denver's remaining games, they have one against uh, the Kings, two against the Suns, one against the Warriors, one against the Pelicans. Then they play the Rockets and the Jazz. So you look at that schedule and you're like, meh, probably, you know, going to get, I don't know, five out of seven? Maybe win five out of seven? The Sixers, on the other hand, they got the Mavericks left who have to win. Oh, Philadelphia has the, the second Bucks, hard. Celtics, Philadelphia Raptors. has. Yeah, they don't have an easy game left. They have the second most difficult strength of schedule remaining in the NBA. So now it's like, do I want to beat and beat up against these top teams? Or do I want to save them for the playoffs? Now, you could also say some of those teams don't really have anything to play for. But everyone's got something. You think Joel Embiid had like like it's his call whether he's playing or not? Well, he went out there for shoot around and was yeah. like, I, I mean, don't feel Doc it. Rivers made a big point that it wasn't his call, that he said this is my this is not a debate. However, I find that hard to believe. Superstars have a lot of sway. It feels out like you know, LeBron didn't say, Hey, can I come off the bench? I mean, he didn't he said, Can I come off the bench? It's not like Darvin Ham was like, Hey, we need you, you know, rest up. Yeah, you no, sit there, yeah, well, I'll yeah, let no. you know when we need you. And, yeah, uh, that's not how it works. By the way, you talk about motivated, the heat. Hawks and Nets is how the Sixers end their season. All three of them will need every game down the stretch because it's going to be six, seven, or eight where they're seeded. That's a huge difference to all three teams. The the worst thing to happen to the Sixers, who have championship aspirations, who have a talented enough team to make a deep postseason run, the worst thing that could happen is within these final seven games, Embiid gets a setback yep. and has to miss playoff games. Because didn't he have to miss playoff games last year? He did he yeah. against the Raptors, yeah. So why do they want that? Someone who did play last night, and we did not expect him to play, AJ, because we were talking about how he wasn't going to play and it was going to be the move to bet against the Dallas Mavericks. Luka had his technical rescinded. The 16th tech becomes... It's gone. It's gone. Where have I heard that before? Oh, yeah, Luka Doncic had his 16th technical near the end of the season last year rescinded. What are the chances out of 32 technicals that the two were like they weren't really technicals were the ones that were going to keep them out games? The mm. NBA, mm. gotta love it. You know, that he, is he, Euro privilege. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's an entertainment product. He's entertaining. He gets to stay in the game. That's yeah, the rule. exactly. It's like, or, when, you know, when, like, the season's on the line with the last couple of games and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, Luka did start did play against the Pacers and uh, 25 points, seven boards, six dimes as they snapped their four-game losing skid and they beat the Pacers 
104. So now the Mavericks right now, uh, looking at the standings in the Western Conference, are currently half game out of the play-in tournament. They are a half game out, not only just of the 10th seed, but of the Lakers of the 9th seed. They're a game and a half out of the 8th seed. They're two games out of the 7th seed. These final seven games of the regular season are going to be the best basketball you'll see in the NBA this season. Like, literally. You know what they should do? You know what would be a great idea? What's that? Imagine if, like, because it's amazing, like 82 games, right? It's a long season. And then it comes down to this final two-week stretch. And everybody plays hard because they're so close in the standings. Of course. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was a way to, like, make most of the regular season like this? Like, if there were, I don't know, less games. Oh, now you're on to something. And in a, you know, like, a, it took it took short a shorter amount of time so that there was more incentive on star players to play and and more motivation to, to give it your all every night to, to, to win these games. Man, that would be something. In-season tournaments, fewer games. I don't think the solution to NBA's competitive problem is too crazy. It's just the fact that this system works for 30 owners, and they don't want to move it, and the players are getting there 50%, and they don't want to move it. The fact is, it's not ideal. 81 games, and then later 82 was decided in the 60s. Yeah. What? Why does that have anything to do with what we're doing right now? I want to apologize for McKinsey there. I think what he meant was 30 governors uh like this 30 setup. stewards of public institutions <laughs> yeah uh 66 games is fine with me i don't think they need 82 i don't even need an in-season tournament i just would like you know uh for them but, to I mean, just play less games what sport save the nfl couldn't wouldn't benefit from less games how do you feel about baseball i mean it's 162 games half the year there's a baseball team your your team is playing in I think I, I have no problem with the the length of the ba- Major League Baseball season because, well, now they've expanded the playoffs to add an extra team, but it's not like the NBA and the NHL right, right. where half the league makes the playoffs. Yeah, true. And now in the NBA, more than half the league uh, makes the yeah. playoffs. 20 out of 30 tournament. are 20 out after of, the regular season. Yeah, it blows my if mind. You, if you count the, the play-in tournaments as the postseason, because it is after the regular season, 20 out of 30 teams advance to the postseason. What's the point of the regular season if 20 of 30 teams advance to the postseason? You Sell know popcorn. Like? It's like pl- Sell parking. It's like when you play uh, in, in like a, a rec league or whatever and, and every team makes the playoffs. So the regular right. season was just for like seeding purposes. <laughs> it's like, all right, we, we played all these games to get ready, but now all of us make the playoffs? It's like a conference tournament in college basketball. All of you make the tournament? Why? <laughs> Like, why? Oh, there's a lot of conferences that are just like, you know what? Bottom four, you guys just stay home. Yeah, We're good. exactly. Like, why? We're going to save our time. <laughs> we don't need this. Uh, so, yeah, NBA, we, we, don't, we don't need you. We don't need you to play all these games. Uh, all right. Well, here's uh, what else happened last night. Knicks beat the Rockets in just a display of ugly basketball, 137-115. Emmanuel quickly scored 40 points, though. That was pretty cool. Bucks over the Pistons, 126-117, 34 from Chris Middleton. Suns beat the Jazz, 117-103, 24 points from Devin Booker. McKenzie, what's the latest on Kevin Durant? Will we see him prior to the start of the postseason? The report last week was Sunday. Well, it is now Tuesday, and he hasn't played yet, but I feel like the report was a way to 
put the seed out there that he's going to get one or two games in just to get his shot right. All right, Pelicans, 124-90 over the Blazers. T-Wolves beat the Kings, 119-115. Sabonis, 24-10. and And the Clippers, 124-112 over the Bulls. On the schedule tonight. Celtics, minus 11 at the Wizards. The Heat are plus three at Toronto. My Cavs, one-point favorites at the Hawks. The Hornets, plus 9.5 at OKC. Magic catching 9.5 at the Grizz. The Pelicans, plus 8.5 at the Warriors. A system play. Yeah. Warriors money line, system play. The Pelicans, another team in that mix, on the second night of a back-to-back, they have the hardest strength of schedule for the rest of the way. Probably going to finish 11th unless they can get this one somehow. So is this the play tonight, AJ? Because, like, you, it lost uh, I know the I, other l- night. Let's discuss, like, while we've got McKenzie here, what's a bad number on a, a money line, an NBA money line? Like, it's it, minus 360 right now. Is that, a, is that too much to swallow? I think so. I think it's an NBA game. The Warriors don't have as much to play for. I feel like either team could win this game. I feel like when the Warriors lost the other night in a game that against t- uh, the Timberwolves, in a game that they had a chance to separate yeah. themselves from they, the pack, this game becomes more important now. Good point. And the Pelicans on the second half of a back-to-back, uh, it, that is, it is a, a, a hefty price to pay. Well, especially with I the, may be the willing Tim- to pay it. Especially with the Timberwolves winning again last night, now the Warriors are actually in the playing tournament. The Warriors are the seventh seed now. So the Timberwolves are the sixth seed, even though they have the same record uh, with the tiebreaker. The the Timberwolves are now the sixth. So the Warriors, I mean, look, a couple of wins from the Warriors, they're finishing as the four seed. Like, let's let's be honest. And a healthy Warriors team as the four seed in the NBA playoff and in the Western Conference playoffs looks a lot better than Warriors in the play-in tournament. So I think Steve Kerr might uh, finally be pushing his players and saying, guys, we got to finish out the season strong here. And don't be surprised. In fact, your boy's calling it right now. Golden State Warriors finish as the four seed. Oh, that means a lot of system play wins coming up. <laughs> Golden State Warriors finish as the four seed. Now, before you say, Scott, you're crazy, they're a game and a half out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even, like, though there's, even though they're the seven seed right now, they're a game and a half back of Phoenix. Yeah, there's a lot of teams who could finish in the four, four spot and could also finish in the 10 spot. So well, I, I know nothing's crazy. Here's in the, the West. Warriors' remaining schedule. Home against New Orleans tonight, win. Home on Friday against San Antonio, win. At Denver on Sunday, lose. They have to lose. You don't have to go. All you have to do is say home, win. Home, 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 win. Road, loss. Home against Oklahoma City, win. Win, obviously. At Sacramento, nope. No, it's a loss. Nope, nope. that's one they'll win. You're bucking the system. And then final game of the year at Portland, That's a loss. they'll win. They will. Oh, back to back road wins, huh? You got they, that, yep. huh? They will. Finish. I could win at Portland. You three, you, you, me, three of us and two guys could beat at Portland. They will finish <laughs> five and one in their remaining six games, and that will give them the four seed in the Western Conference and set them up for a matchup with. The Los Angeles Lakers. Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> Who are going to finish fifth. No, no. That's impressive. No, no. Yeah, all four or five matchup, yeah, it would be uh, probably the Suns. A couple of uh, college basketball news and notes. Caleb Love, a day after Armando Baycott says, I'm coming back to North Carolina. Caleb Love says, 
I am not coming back to North Carolina. He has entered the transfer portal. And this is so weird to me because, I mean, Hubert Davis basically let this guy, I shouldn't say let him ruin North Carolina. They played suboptimally because they forced themselves to go through Caleb Love this season instead of Baycott. Caleb Love, a former five-star recruit, and now has decided he will be leaving Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, had a, a a good season. I'm not saying 16.7 points per uh, points per game, 38% from the field, uh, just under three assists. But uh, he will have a new home. I'm sure there's going to listen. Everybody's going to want him. This is a, a guy who's got two two years of eligibility left. He's a a potential star guard. Uh, but it's certainly going to take the right situation. Elsewhere in college hoops, the University of Texas has made their decision, and they will hire Rodney Terry to a five-year deal. He is now the full-time head coach. I don't know that I've ever seen someone just kind of backdoor his way into the, the best situation possible like Rodney Terry did. I'll give him credit. With a, a top five roster in the country, he didn't screw it up. I think Texas sees that. I think the players responded to him, and they decide to reward him for it. This is a guy who uh, wasn't great as a head coach, not not the best before this. Um, but, again, a, a guy that it seems like the players really love, uh, and uh, he will now take on the job at Texas, which – depending on who you ask, is it a really easy job or a really difficult job? Uh, some people say it's a really easy job because no one cares if they win or lose. It's all about football. I, I, I argue it's a very difficult job because it's hard to, it's hard to have great success at a school that is a, fo- a, a football first school. And that's why I think why you don't see it very often. Um, but it, it, Rodney Terry will at least get his shot, which is good. 55 years old. Chris Beard, of course, as we know, now the head coach at Ole Miss. You don't want to mention women's final four set. I, who's in the women's final four? It just—I mean, it just happened tonight. Yes, so I will announce it. Mention it. Let me see if there's. These are made-up teams. Yeah. Uh, all right, three, yes, two, one. I will also note the women's final four has been set. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about any of these teams other than I, I'm pretty sure South Carolina is very, very good at basketball. <laughs> South Carolina will be there along with Iowa, LSU, and Virginia Tech. So all I'll say is thoughts and prayers to those teams for when they play South Carolina. Yep. South Carolina about to win like 80 straight games, set some record, beat UConn's record if they keep winning. What do you think, you guys, I'll open it up, is there odds to win it all this year? they got to win two in a row. Minus... 400. Very close. Well, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say minus. Giving it away. Gonna, yeah. Minus 385. Oh. I was going to go really higher. Close. Okay. Minus 385. Yeah, it makes sense. 36 and out. It's crazy. That, that might you, be value. You know, I, <laughs> you know, there was when UConn, when UConn did set their record, I went on the record on the radio and I, I, I had a whole diatribe about how. Oh, you pretended to be an expert? I, no, how I was not impressed by it. Oh. Yeah. And the reason, this I gotta hear. This what is a take. And my reasoning, what a pig. my reasoning, <laughs> my reasoning was, was that th- at the time they already had the right to vote. So <laughs> at the time, <laughs> the recruitment advantage that UConn had over other schools 
was so far and above like an average. Why? Because of their because of they the built tr- up a program exactly exactly what Gino Ariema built. You can, with all respect to, to Pat Summit in Tennessee, no one came close. How right? do we measure that though? Like we, we know now, Alabama has the best recruits, but, we don't know how much. But I think now, it, I think the separation in women's basketball is greater. And so when they were consistently UConn getting the best talent in high school women's basketball to play for UConn, the competition level, like they were. They were they were never in a game where they were favored by yeah. less than like double digits. I remember laying fifteen so, in the yeah, championship and, game. And so it's like, it's uh, how can you be impressed with a team winning that many games that is never expected to lose? And I obviously years later the playing field has leveled, and you know kids don't have to go to UConn to go to the WNBA. They can you know these girls can go to other programs and still get recognized and still have incredible careers. So it's completely different now. And South, what South Carolina is doing is very impressive. Um, but I think you know go back ten years ago, go back fifteen years ago, and I mean. Was there a game where UConn was at a time when they were going through that run? Were they ever an underdog? No. So it's like, you know, it's like when a team that is favored in a game against a higher-seeded program and they rush the court or they rush the field after the win. And I hate it because it wasn't an upset. They were favored in the game. The experts, the bookmakers, all said that they were favored in the game, and they won the game, which they should have won the game. They were projected to win the game. But yet, because of the seeding, everyone celebrates it as an upset, right? (laughs) So, like, that's our system, right? But if you are expected to win and you win, it's, like, not that impressive for me. So if South Carolina wins the national championship, Great accomplishment, but like if not horrible failure. Exactly. Like tough spot, but hey. they they have two games to play and they're minus three eighty five. Like that's okay. You're supposed to win the national championship. Yeah. No one's as good as you. So just win. Last night, the most important thing to happen in the NHL, the New York Rangers clinched a playoff spot without playing a game. Yes. They backed their way into the playoffs. Now, the Rangers were going to clinch anyway, but because of the way that some results played out last night, the Rangers did officially clinch a playoff spot. They are the three seed in the Metropolitan Division, and they are not in jeopardy of falling out of that position, so they will match up with the two seed, likely going to be the Devils in the first round of the playoffs. But here's what did happen last night. Speaking of the Devils, they speak of the devil. Nice. Speaking of the Devils, come on, guys. I'm trying here. I said nice. Thank you, Mackenzie. <laughs> Hilarious. Devils lose to the Islanders 5-1. Big win for the Islanders, who create a little bit of separation between themselves and the Penguins in the wild card standings. Now, why is that important? Well, I keep mentioning it every single morning. If they're, If you're the first wild card, you're playing the winner of the Metropolitan, which right now it looks like it's going to be Carolina. If you're the second wild card, you're playing against the Boston Bruins, a team that has only lost 16 games this year. Good at sport. They're 57-11-5. and five. They're the best team in the league. They've won seven straight games. They're at home, which they'll have home ice advantage. They're 33-3. and three. 30 wins, 
three regulation losses, three overtime losses. So you do not want to be that second wild card that has to go to Boston to play in the first round series. So the Islanders creating a little separation now. They have 85 points. The Penguins have 82 points. Florida loses to the Senators 5-2. And I said it was going to be Ottawa's last stand. Well, hey. Congratulations, they're still alive. Ottawa's got 77 points, so they're only five points back of the Penguins for that second wild card. Florida, which had a real shot here to pull within one point of Pittsburgh, fails to do so. They're still three points back. Canadiens beat the Sabres 4-3 in a shootout. Wild over the Kraken, 5-1. Avalanche route the Ducks, 5-1. And the Oilers defeat the Coyotes, 5-4 at the Mullet Arena. So here's what's on the schedule tonight with your playoff implications. The Predators are at the Bruins. Boston is minus 320. Nashville's got 80 points. They are... Five points out of the second wild card. Boston, nothing to play for. The Lightning are at the Hurricanes. Carolina is minus 135. Carolina is looking to take advantage of the Devils' loss and create more separation for that one seed in the Metropolitan Division. The Lightning just playing at the strings, getting ready to play the Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. Penguins, dire straits. Need to win or else they run the risk of falling out of that second wild card. They're minus 190. At the Red Wings. Blue Jackets at the Rangers. New York is minus 385. Now, you might be wondering, with the Rangers losing, or with the Rangers now clinching, excuse me, that playoff spot, despite not playing yesterday, what do they have to play for? Well, the Rangers are four points back of the Devils for the two seed in the Metropolitan. The Rangers also have a game in hand. So that means they have two more maximum potential points that they could get than the Devils. If they were to win a game while the Devils lose another game, the Rangers then would be in control of their own path to that two seed, and that would mean home ice advantage. And in a playoff series between two local rivals that is probably going to be a coin flip, the Rangers would like to have four of those games out of the seven at Madison Square Garden. So Rangers should pick up wins when they are expected to, like they are tonight, minus 385 favorites over the Blue Jackets. Canadians at the Flyers, Philly minus 170, Canucks at the Blues, St. Louis minus 110, Stars at the Blackhawks, Dallas minus 285. Dallas right now is two points back of Colorado for the two seed in the Central. They are three points back of Minnesota for first place. The Kings are at the Flames. Calgary is minus 135. The Flames right now, four points out of a wild card spot. The Kings for uh, two points back of Vegas for first place in the Pacific. Oilers at Vegas. Edmonton is minus 120. Edmonton, five points back of Vegas for first place. So good matchup there, but it is the second of a back-to-back for Edmonton. The Jets are at the Sharks. Winnipeg minus 178. Winnipeg is uh, currently holding the second wild card, four points up on Calgary. You want to make sure you head on to pregame.com to get yourself a daily best bet package or a season-long subscription package. And, you know, there's a season, guys, that begins on Thursday. Spring? The Masters. (laughs) (laughs) Major League Baseball opening day is Thursday. And, yeah, 
My fantasy could, team's been drafted. I'm, I looked at it's it. It's pretty good. Now. Favorite I, player on your, on your fantasy team? It's Jordan. Yeah, I looked, I looked I like at your it. fantasy team. It wasn't bad. Champion. Thank you. Yeah, I like you took uh, Tristan Quesas, the, uh, the, uh, the, fir- the rookie for the Red Sox, uh-huh. Uh-huh. first baseman. All, All over. Think, yeah. There's something there. Huh? I think there's something there. Right. Yeah, I do. Um, not as good as Anthony Volpe of the Yankees, but you know, it's still a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> you can take 20% off at pregame.com. We'll give you two promo codes to use. If you haven't used one, use it. If you used one, use the other one. You know how it works. Here are the promo codes. Luck20, L-U-C-K-20, or Bad Beat 20 So whichever side you fall on on that game, was it a bad beat or did you get lucky? You can save 20% either way. So you always come out on top. Luck20, Bad Beat 20 either promo code will get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seisberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.